Welcome to Snakey's Tap Tour. It's the World Cup special again. It is, we're on sort of the dawn, really, with a couple of nights before England play France in the quarterfinal, which could be an absolute mega evening on Saturday night around the UK. I'm joined by Kieran. He is... Hi, uh, hi Stokey. What a man. He is French. He sounds English, guilty, but he is guilty. French. He is wearing his France shirt. And he is currently sat on Zoom with me after his work Christmas do. He's five hours deep, but I'm sure his insight is going to be ideal and it's going to be exactly what we're after. So we'll jump sort of straight in. Obviously, let's go, you know, from the start, World Cup in total. What's your thoughts on the tournament so far? Right. So just to preface this, Snakey, by saying one thing I can promise you is lots of personal insight. I don't know about, you know, factual insight, but I'll do my very best. No mate. facts, but a lot of opinion. <laughs> a lot of opinions. Um, tournament so far. Right. So slight disclaimer. This is the first World Cup tournament where I've had to spend a lot of it at work. I managed to avoid that in the past somehow, one way or another, despite my age, which we won't go into. <laughs> But um, so I've had to play catch up with a lot of games. I think the major thing has been, well, first of all, Italy didn't qualify. Germany were knocked out in the in the group stage. We've had a lot of with obviously Spain being knocked out by Morocco. Uh, you know, the colonizer knocked out by colonized. That was great to see. We we love to see it. Well, that was an interesting one because we got to day four of the court, day four of the round of sixteen, yeah, um, or even more maybe. But we got right to the end of the round of sixteen before we had a um, upset. Yeah, upset. it was day four. Yeah. Then we got the upset, but the penalties were horrendous. Yeah, they're terrible. And you had Luis Enrique saying that they'd practiced a thousand penalties. Yeah. Or something. So Laura Wood said that on ITV. She said, oh, if you, he said before the tournament, to get on the plane, you you have to have practised a thousand penalties. <laughs> well, I don't know what it is. There's a lot of players, they're, they're almost scared to put their foot through it. I don't know what they're expecting to happen. Yeah. I mean, if it takes, if all it takes is to take a penalty like that to get on the plane, <laughs> then God knows. You wish you were Spanish. <laughs> it was a, it was a very bad round of penalties. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought that was, you know, that was the first, as you said, that was the first big upset. But there were upsets in the group stages. I mean, we all had a strange taste in our mouths going into this World Cup, I think. Exactly. Was- it has oh. been, it's been overshadowed politically. It's been overshadowed politically. Yeah, yeah. It, but you know, you I've mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, a, on earlier pods, I've mentioned, like, as much as I don't agree with it being in Qatar, it's got their human rights issues, things like that. It got to a point where the first one that we recorded after that first England game, it said, let's start talking about the football now because we're watching, we're here for the football. We can talk about all the issues again when the tournament's done, but let's, we're here to talk about football now. And it was for the first yeah. first round of group games. Oh, yeah. England beat Iran, but oh my God, I can't believe they didn't wear the armband. I can't believe they didn't do this. Can't believe they didn't do that. The Germany players put... Let's, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look, the same could have been said about Russia in 2018. Exactly. Uh, You can fight. I mean, if Bolsonaro had been in power in Brazil in 2014, we could have said the same there, right? He wasn't. He wasn't in power yet. 
but had he been, we could have said the same about 2014, 2010, South Africa. You've got problems there. Now, look, I'm not somebody South Africa thinks, is, yeah, exactly sports, that. Sports, so, is never, sports is never apolitical. Football's never apolitical. It's always, in some sense, political. But at a certain point, you just have to make your peace with the fact that if you applied that standard to everything and every competition, you'd never watch another game of football. No, exactly. It get you know you look at the Premier League with the owners and things like that and exactly yeah so right let's let's crack on then you're wearing your France shirt I've mentioned that you are French you don't sound French but you are French but <laughs> so so you're living in England but yeah. supporting France how is that right so I was born in England so really yeah. I'm a complete and utter traitor and <laughs> I want everyone listening to know that that I'm a complete treacherous snake and that there's no excuse for me but I was born in Brighton and I was raised by my mother who's French and her mother my grandmother was obsessed with France with the national yeah. team she didn't give a shit am I allowed to swear yeah you're allowed to swear we we go explicit we go explicit okay. <laughs> Good, good. She didn't give a shit about uh, Ligue 1. She didn't support Paris Saint-Germain. She didn't support Marseille. She didn't care about any of that. She supported the French national team as though a club. All right. And from a very young age, she inculcated that in me. So, you know, I may have been five or six or seven or something and led astray as she saw it by other kids at my school who supported England. And maybe wanted to support England. And she very quickly nipped that in the bud and insisted that I would be a France fan for the rest of my days. And so far, she's right. So anyway, she bought my first France shirt when I was maybe nine or ten years old. And I can remember France winning the World Cup in 98. I was ten. I was at her house. I was too young to go to Paris. Every final, maybe we'll get onto this, but every final... Not actually, not subsequently, because we won the Euros in 2000. But from 2006 onward, every final we've ever been in, I go to Paris uh, to watch it on a big screen, wherever they'll have me. So let's touch on that quickly then. So 2018, how was Paris? 2018 in Paris. So I've been in 2006 and I've been in 2016, right? Which you'll know, Stakey, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners (laughs) will know, was 2006 final against Italy. The Zidane. Yeah. Yeah. Zidane's last ever game as a professional footballer, the headbutt for chest. Um, and then 2016, 10 years later, I mean, we were in the wilderness for 10 years after that because the yeah. golden generation, that was their last hurrah. And it was kind of like the shifting of the tectonics towards a new golden generation, which obviously we saw coming up through 2014, 2016. 2016, 10 years later, the European Cup, we get to the European Cup final. It's on home turf. The competition was hosted in France, of course. Yeah. And we bottled it. We lost <laughs> we lost to Portugal in extra time and Ronaldo was subbed off injured. But he was like a manager that day, wasn't he? He was like Yeah, he was a manager. I mean, let's not go into what he's become now. Yeah, but then so. he was That's a know, whole different pod. Exactly. It's a whole whole pod in itself. But he was a uh, you know, at that point he was at the peak of his powers. He was arguably the best play- player in the world, along with Messi. And it was the famous, do you remember a moth landed on his eyelids? Yes. That stadium was, for some reason, a flock with moths. Nobody still, I don't think, really knows why. Anyway, we bought them. So I was in Paris for both of those, 2006, 2016, hastily booked, very through the middle of the night, got me there, rolled through, went to Paris, uh, half asleep, watched the games, 
uh, heart heartbreak both times. 2018, third bite of a cherry, third time lucky, we win. Uh, what was it like? It was everything you'd expect being in a capital city uh, when the the country ha- whose capital city it is has won the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, we were in, we went we went from we were at the Fab Park by the Eiffel Tower. So there's a hundred thousand people there. I mean, one thing I will say, Snake, is that they didn't serve. They they it was zero percent booze, zero percent oh, okay. beer. Yeah, so that was it. So we had to queue. It was like 33, 34 degrees. We had to queue up for a long time in the blazing sun to get zero percentage booze. Um, but other than that, it was one of the best days of my life. Uh, Just, obviously, the, you were almost drunk on the adrenaline. Oh, drunk on the adrenaline. I mean, I, I get to a point, and I'll be like this on Saturday where I could barely see because I was so full of adrenaline. So it was blurry. It was blurry. But I remember, I remember particularly, I remember Pogba's goal. I think it was the third goal. So we went 3-1 up against Croatia. Um, And because that was the moment. I mean, first of all, Pogba obviously was getting a lot of flack then. He gets a lot of flack now. Arguably more justified now than it was then. Um, But when he scored that third goal, I just remember thinking, all right, we're going to win this. That was the moment where I thought we're going to win this. Um, And you could feel it. I could feel it in the crowd as well. As I say, 100,000 people there. I felt it kind of ripple across the crowd. We kind of knew we were going to win the World Cup at that point. Sort of 20 years plus two days after we'd won it in 1998 Mm. for the first time, right? So it was a very, very special day. And then I was there with a friend from, from, uh, yeah, an old friend of mine. We went from the fan park. We sort of walked through Paris, went to the Champs-Élysées, where 20 years earlier they projected an image of Zidane onto the, the Arc de Triomphe. So we made it across to the Champs-Élysées and there were, I think, 1.5 million people on the Champs-Élysées. Wow. Um, it was, it was, yeah, and, you know, eventually the police turned up with tear gas and so on because <laughs> people were staying up too late and that's the French way, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> But it was, uh, and we got tear gas, but, you know, again, it was part of the experience. It was a really, really very, very special day and night. Oh, amazing. So then you've won that title. You're defending the title at this year's World Cup. How's that going? How do you see that going so far? Are you happy with what you've seen? Well, I'll be honest with you. When, uh, I, well, first of all, Conte was out. Then Pogba was out. Then Varane got a knock and looked like he might be out uh, in October. Then on the eve of the tournament, uh, Benzema yeah. was, you know, declared unfit from an injured injury that he picked up in training. So my expectations were really, really low, to be honest with you. My expectations were very low. Um, and so on that basis, I mean, look, we've got a lot of depth. I don't want to over-egg it. And no. actually, you know, Fair play to the team. I've seen how much depth we have, and you know, it, given all those injuries and given how how well we've kind of, I mean, we haven't we haven't been vintage vintage France. We've had amazing individual performances, right? And that's really carried us. I don't think yeah. that's it. I'm not saying anything original there. I mean, everybody knows that Mbappe has been special. He's a uh, good player to have in your rank, certainly. He's a good player to have when you've got a lot of injuries and he's a good player to have. I mean, he's a good player to have anyway. But mm. he's especially good when you've got a lot of injuries, when your Ballon d'Or recipient striker is out. Um, 
you know, when you've got a weakened midfield, his his pace and his ability to finish seemingly anywhere around the box is is a real, real asset. And yeah, I mean, Griezmann always puts in a shift. He's pretty much, I mean, consistently one of our hardest workers and reliably brilliant passer and so on. Giroud gets a lot of flack. I think maybe we'll come on to that. But again, consistently a very, very hard worker. I think basically the story of this tournament so far, if I would summarise it in a nutshell, is that we've, you know, we've sustained a lot of major, major injuries to our star players. We've got enough depth to cover that, to fill the void. And where we don't are star players, but also the, you know, respect to our opponents, but the lack of quality that we've come up against in some of our games has given us a huge advantage. So I'm yeah. cautious about Saturday. I'm cautious about Saturday because, you know, England are by far the best side that we've come up against in this tournament. Well, so. that's the thing. From an England point of view, so me looking at, you know, how we're going. So Raheem Sterling is on his way back to Qatar now. That's been yeah. confirmed yeah. by England. Um, it. I was shocked, really, in a way. I did think Rashford would start on Sunday. I th- I felt three goals in the tournament so far. And I mentioned this on last week's pod. If you don't play him and you lose, it's Southgate is a is a joke and you know, why have you left why have you left it until the seventieth minute to bring on the bloke with the goals? Um it will be an interesting one. I think looking forward to Saturday's game. From an England point of view, I, th- I like P- Pickford in an England shirt is a different beast. Um, Absolutely. I'm re- and we're going to touch on it in a minute, but I'm really looking forward to seeing Walker versus Mbappe. I think that's going to be a good matchup. Um, I just I think we're solid, but I think you said it about France. And I do agree with it with England. We haven't faced anything incredible yet. We faced an Iran side who we were quick out the blocks. The USA actually, pound for pound on attacks, had the better chances. Really? Wales held us for 45 minutes. They, you know, they Wales didn't have a good tournament. And Senegal, yes, we we did well. We did very well. However, I watched it in the pub. And if you give France those couple of early chances Senegal had that they didn't put away, could be a different story. So, yeah. Yeah, tentatively, I'm looking at it going, it's certainly going to be, a, hopefully, a cracker of a game. But I, I do genuinely feel it's a lot of the games, other than really Portugal-Morocco, most of the games now are could go either way. There's no, you don't look at England-France and go, so-and-so's definitely going to win. Yeah, agree. And I think I mean, what I would say about you is, I agree with your analysis, I think, the first half an hour, 35 minutes of the Senegal game, you looked ropey. Senegal had those two chances that they really should have buried. And if they had more quality, they would have buried, right? Yeah. But from like 30, 35 minutes onwards, you dominated that game, especially the second half. You had it completely locked down and it was it was basically a, a wash. So I would feel, yeah, I mean, I think that was, if you if a football match was 60 minutes, um, and it was measured by the last, the final 60 minutes of that game against Senegal. 
I would say that you that was a you know a, a straightforward bravura performance. But mm. but but because of the first sort of 30, 35 minutes that were quite ropey and actually no, you should have really exactly down, you can't take total comfort from that. But you, no, you certainly out very confidently. Um so do you know we've mentioned him, he's come up. Do you think Mbappe's the key to a France win? Yeah, I mean look, Benzema's Benzema's not about Benzema's not in the squad. Um so Mbappe is the key to a France win. I think you know we we've got other players who can engineer a win for us who are absolutely critical right across the pitch, but I think in the end it's all about Mbappe and it's all about his pace and it's all about his ability to finish. It's all about his form and it's all about his confidence. And if we'd gone into this tournament, I mean, look, people are saying he's the best player in the world right now, and I obviously gladly agree with them. But, you know, before the tournament, I would have, I might have said Haaland, you know, but I think he's he's shown it. He's proven himself in these four games, albeit against inferior yes. uh, opponents, right? That's one thing to, to stress. But he has been in exceptional form. And, you know, you don't, he's on five goals for four games in the World Cup. I mean, inferior opponents or not, that's a remarkable thing at 23 years old. So, yeah, I'm happy for him to be labelled the best player in the world at the moment or the most on-form great player in the world at the moment. Um, But people forget that, you know, after that superlative World Cup in 2018 that he had, age 19, we then had the European Cup in 2021 when he missed the the penalty. He missed the penalty, yeah. He missed the penalty against Switzerland. And that was a dismal, a dismal tournament for us, really, right? We may have beaten Germany, scraped a win against Germany in the opening game, but generally it was a dismal performance throughout the tournament. So inconsistent. Um, it reminded me of the France of sort of 2002, you know, we just won the World Cup and the European Cup. We came back and uh, Henri and Zidane and all of those players, Turam and Vieira and so on, Pires were at the peak of their powers. But they were they were princelings in France. I mean, they could they were walking on red carpet everywhere they went and they went into that tournament. And we lost the opening game against Senegal, right? And good on Senegal. We deserve to lose that opening game. It was 20 years ago now. I can still remember the pain. But we deserved <laughs> it, right? Because we went in there, we were complacent, we were arrogant. And I think in 2021, I saw a similar thing. So when I heard that we had so many key injuries from some of our hardest working players, and in the case of Benzema, uh, our player with the most to prove, given what happened yeah. to him, was bad and so on for, throughout the sort of the at least ostensibly the peak of his career those those peak years when I heard that we had all those injuries and I was thinking about how we're world champions but you know there's always a kind of regression to the mean with us where we win and then we get complacent yeah. I thought frankly I thought we're fucked I thought we're finished to, to be honest it is you see it you know when was the last side that defended winning a world cup it was Brazil, and it was fifty-eight and sixty-two. Yeah, like that was it, a, lo- it, a long, long time ago, right? It's a, it, you could almost say it's a poison chalice. You're the yeah. you're the team that everyone wants to beat. You're the team that has the most amount of weight on your shoulders. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, is there anyone? So, Mbappe, you know, summarize quickly for me. What have England got to do to beat France or what are France going to do to beat England? I mean, I think 
that you could exploit our defense quite easily. If I'm honest, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I hate talking like this to be honest, Snakey, because it terrifies me. But <clears throat> I think that you can you can exploit our weakened midfield. You can exploit our defense. I mean, look, I say that Rabio and Tuamani have been fantastic. I don't want to take anything away from him. Rabio would be a first team player anyway. Tuamani. Probably not if Pogba was fit or Conte was fit, but I think we've I think we've been solid um, in midfield despite the injuries. <clears throat> I think that we're shaky at the back. I think we're shaky at the back. So I mean, if, how you exploit that tactically with a combination of your players, I can't you know go into in loads of depth. But I think basically we are always we're always always shaky at the back. The last time we were strong at the back was 98 and 2000. That The last time we had the best defence in the world or a defence that was world-beating was when we had Lizarazu, Duram, Laurent Blanc, Deschamps in defensive midfield, uh, Desailly and Barthez in goal. I mean, Barthez was typically French in that he was very sometimes very frenetic, but he was a world-class keeper. We had that absolutely stunningly solid defence and very, very solid defensive midfield as well, Right. We haven't had anything like that since sort of 2000, 2002 onwards. No. So we, we're quite shaky at the back. I think, you know, we've got we've got some excellent, excellent defenders and we've got some... Uh, uh, Teo Hernandez has really stepped up after Lucas Hernandez, his brother, went off injured. He's really stepped up. He's played very, very solidly for us. Uh, you know, Varane is obviously a world-class defender if he turns up. Uh Lloris might be getting on a bit and sometimes well, makes stupid. So Lloris is where I was going to go. Obviously, majority of that England side play against him twice a season. They know that in the Premier League for Spurs, he's got a mistake in him. Yeah. Will that bet? Will the England players have that in the back of their mind? I don't know, but I they mean, might have it in the back of their mind. Whether they can exploit it is another question. I mean, Harry Kane knows Lloris very well, but to put it another way, Lloris knows Harry Kane. Exactly. Well. It works both ways, doesn't it, from that point of view. Um, so then, you know, we've touched on it. You've been out on your Christmas do. It is a beer-related podcast. Where will you be watching it on Saturday? Okay, this is where it gets funny and embarrassing. Okay. My plan was to watch it with my family, right? And the the sort of the centrepiece of that setup would be watching it with my uncle. Yeah. Uh, but Which is how you have ended up on the podcast. Which is how I've ended up on I didn't know whether to say it. So yeah, you no. So my that. cousin works with your uncle. Your uncle's having an operation today. So then you were <laughs> you were drafted in as the king of no. France. That's right. That's right. And to be honest, you get much better. You'll, you'll get much better patter and chatter from me than you would him. Well, um, we, we hit the jackpot then. <laughs> but basically, he. Well, you've already said it. Yeah. He's having an operation, so he said to me, uh, "You know, I don't know, given how you become during France games, whether I can actually watch it with you." After <laughs> I mean, I might end up back in surgery. That's what he yeah. said. So, What's going to happen is probably, to be honest with you, I mean, someone said, one of my best friends sent me a link and said, look, I'm taking pity on you. I mean, obviously they're all England fans, right? All yeah. my best friends, my friends are England fans. So, but, they, but they've taken pity on me. One of them was like, look, there's this France supporters club. You can go and watch it with them somewhere in London. 
I don't know. I think, look, this is a long way of saying that I'll probably end up watching it. I'm, I certainly won't be around England fans. No. And I'll probably end up watching it locked away like a hermit in my flat. Whether my girlfriend will be there suffering uh, <laughs> with me or not is another question. But yeah, I'll, I, I, I certainly won't watch it around England fans and I'll probably end up locking myself away like a hermit so that I can be as obnoxious and as, and as aggressive as I want. And, you know, you mentioned about watching it in Paris and it was 0% alcohol. Will you be having a beer at the weekend? You betcha. Just try and stop me. Will it be Cronenberg? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, could, it, it, I probably will have... I don't think I can... I don't. I have to drink Cronenberg, don't I? You have to drink some in French, definitely. Yeah. Stella's Belgian, isn't it? We can't drink that. Yeah, I, it, I, I'll probably end up drinking a Cronenberg. I might end up drinking a Cointreau which is a poncy drink, but a delicious one and super <laughs> French. Maybe I'll just, Is that what they make? I remember being on a football night out and being in Weatherspoons and they had a deal on Skittle Bombs. Is that Quantrell? I think it is. I, I think, think it is. is, yeah. I haven't had a Skittle Bomb for a very long time. Showing my age there. Um, well, right, so, if it goes to penalties, I'll be having a shot for every penalty taken. Yeah. So I, we've got our work Christmas due on Saturday. Right. And we when we knew, even before a ball had been kicked in the World Cup, we knew yeah. when the quarterfinal was going to be. We tried to move the work Christmas due. The restaurant couldn't do it. Yeah. So we have had to go for... Um, we are having a projector screen on the wall, having our starters at half-time, and, um, yeah, see what happens, really. But it, oh, it could make or break the work Christmas do. That's the problem. It could be... Not any French people at the work Christmas do. No. But we have a lot of passionate England fans and it could end up being either the greatest night of the month, greatest Christmas do for a long time, or it could be 9pm comes around, everyone's gutted and nobody wants to have a drink. Yeah. It's a big, it's it's a big, it's a sharp, sharp distinction between the two outcomes, isn't it? Exactly. So I'm not going to keep you for too long. I've got one quick question for you, then we'll get your score prediction Find out who's going to win the World Cup and then we'll say au revoir. Um, so I I did clue you up on this. So I'm wondering, two French players, past or present, you would take on a night out? Right. Can I suggest something, Snakey? I'll answer yeah. that. Then can I tell you my two biggest villains, not France fans, but my two villains, uh, sorry, not France players. I'm showing you how pissed I am there. My two biggest villains as a France fan. Yeah. Great. So two players passed. I would have to I'd have to take Zidane. Yeah. And I'd, I'd have to take Cantona. Cantona wasn't much of a you know, he wasn't a vintage player for France. He fell out with Gerard Houllier pretty badly and um, yeah, he uh you know, never really performed for us as a result, was kept out of the squad for most of his golden years. But he is French. He did play for us at one time and he is a legend and I'm sure he'd be a great, great company. Quality on a night, on a night out. Quality. Zidane, probably not so fun on a night out, but an enigma. He's very He's enigmatic. He's a bit intense, isn't he? He'd be that bloke at the... Bo- he'd be that bloke. He'd buy a round and you'd yeah. have a few sips of your pint yeah. And he'd be that bright. And, and everyone listening to this podcast will have encountered somebody like this. And they'll sit there listening to this and they'll go, yeah, that's so-and-so. You'll have had a few sips of their pint and they'll go, when's your round then? When are you getting your round in? Sure. And I reckon he'd remind you the next day of everything you said and did. Yeah. 
with a dead oh, yeah, stare. remember you did that? Yeah, do you remember you did that? And I reckon he'd all, and you'd try and laugh it off and he'd just stare you down. And I reckon he'd probably end up, not on every night out, but if you went out with him, say, 10 nights, probably two or three out of those 10 nights, he'd end up nutting someone. Yeah, some and then, and the problem is, when one of your mates starts to fight, that puts you on the back foot. But he is also, you know, God. Yeah. As far so as were as they me. the two you would take? Or the no, two I'd take Katzenar and Zidane. I'd also yeah. be well protected. And who are the two Zidane. villains? And the two villains are Marco Materazzi, of course, yeah. and uh, the German goalkeeper from the 1982 World Cup, Schumacher. <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with this story, Stokey? No, I'm not. Very briefly. Uh, and actually, I confess to something. I watched probably at like half 11 last night, just as prep for this. Yeah. I watched highlights of the 1982 World Cup semi final between Germany and France. Platini, you know, the, that sort of the, yeah. the, uh, yeah. the high watermark of French football up until that point. Anyway, basically, I think about 30 minutes into the game, 35 minutes into the game, uh, the German goalkeeper Schumacher comes bolting out. And the ball passes him and he jumps up and there's no other way of putting it. He kind of he kind of hip barges one of our players called uh, Batiston and he knocked him out. And Batiston subsequently, it turned out, broke a bone in his back because wow. of that collision. And Schumacher was nowhere near the ball. He later admitted it was deliberate. Batiston, I think, played again, but never played very well again. Broke a bone in his back. We didn't even get a penalty. Schumacher didn't get sent off. It went to penalties. It was free-free. It went to penalties and we we lost on penalties. So, yeah, it would be Matarazzi for reasons that everyone listening to this is probably cognizant of. And Schumacher, the German goalkeeper from the 1982 World Cup. Fair play. That is a good enough reason for me. So, just the final word then, score prediction for Saturday or is it too close to call? No, no, no. Even if it is close to call, I'm not going to admit that. Admit that to uh, a bunch of England fans. Let's say, let's say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 3-1 to us. 3-1. Do you think it'll be 2-1, we'll be pushing for a goal and you'll nick a late one? Or do you think think it'll be... I think you'll score first. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll score too too early, like we always do. <laughs> always score too what early. What I can say is, I hope so. Yeah, I think we'll win two one. I think two one. So, you, so you, yeah, you feel in your heart that you're going to win. Yeah, I think in my heart, we. I don't think in my heart we'll win the World Cup. Who do you think will win the World Cup? God, I think I've got to say us. I've got to say us. I think we... Heart us, but what about head? Do you think in your head as well? If we beat you, we'll win. Okay, nice. If we beat you, we'll win the World Cup. But I think this will be our hardest game. Yeah. Oh, well, as an England fan, that's nice to hear. Kieran, you're an absolute legend. Thanks for coming on the pod. Incredible insight. All I can say is good luck Sunday, Saturday. Maybe not too much luck, but... Don't be too magnanimous. You don't need to say good luck. I And I don't want to say that may the best team win. I hope we win, even if we're the worst team. Even but, if you play horrendous, you hope you but win. But it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, mate. Mate, you're a legend. Come on, England. Last word. Allez les bleus.